Welcome to the Sports Grocery Podcast. Welcome to the Sports Grocery, ladies and gentlemen. Our doors are open today for what I believe will be one of our best episodes yet. We are holding the first ever tournament to crown the grandest heavyweight champion. Cousin Tito, I've been wanting you on, on the Sports Grocery Podcast for some time now, man, and uh, this is it. And what, what better way than when we are our own personal March Madness here, Wrestle Madness, with WrestleMania right around the corner as well. So why not do what we're doing here? And who better than you, man, I had to ha- do it with? I, I, I can't wait. I'm just gonna give you my, you know, opinion on things. I, I'm no way, shape, or form a professional, so my opinion don't mean none of nothing. So um, I'm just giving my opinion to you as a fan. I'm straight up biased, I'll admit, because I'm a huge Hogan mark. But I'll try to be as fair as possible. And there's nothing wrong with that. There's nothing wrong with that. We're watching a little bit here of a uh, Hogan versus Dr. David Schultz. Uh, before we get into the bracket, you know, and get into our first round. I want to talk to you and get to know more about the wrestling side of you. We've known each other forever. I mean, we consider ourselves family, but we never really got to sit down like we're doing now and just chop it up, you know, chop it up about wrestling. And how or what did what did it for you when it came to wrestling? What, whom did you gravitate towards? Yeah, well, you know, watching wrestling for me has been something that I've done all my life. Like, I've just turned 44, and I started watching wrestling, I've got to say, about five because... You know, this match that we're watching here now with Hulk Hogan versus Dr. Death, David Schultz, where for people that don't know, it's on YouTube. And it was a match in Minnesota where Hogan, fresh out of the AWA territory, along with Dr. David Schultz, go into Firm uh, Gagne's hometown here with the WWF at the time and like totally steal the show, invade the territory and bring the house down. You can tell. Watch. I mean, we're watching this now and. I mean, we got the volume turned down. We turn it up. The crowd is into it, man. They're throwing stuff in the ring right now. Hogan, he's wearing the crimson mask. And here you go. <laughs> Typical Hogan. This is what started it off for me here. This match here, I remember very well as a five-year-old watching this match. Um, mind you, like, I was five years old, so I didn't know what time wrestling came on. I only seen it. I only watched it when my dad was watching it. He was a wrestling fan, too. So this was on a Tuesday night, Tuesday Night Titans, hosted by Vince McMahon. From the World Wrestling Federation, it's Tuesday Night Titans with your host, Vince McMahon. And this match here, I'm going to tell you, you guys got to watch it if you haven't seen it, because it shows a side of Hogan that I don't think people ever seen, because he gets his ass handed to him by Dr. Death. I mean, he is bloodied up. So bloodied up that they even censor it. He's selling it. Yeah. He's selling it. <laughs> like, there's a big blue box over his face whenever the camera pans in in there. Because that's how bloodied up he was. But in this match, you can see as as much as the beating Hogan takes, he totally returns the favor. And he goes on to, he, he goes on to you know, like he'll try to cover David Schultz for the two count and then pull his arm up and then... Continue the beatdown until he gets all bloodied up, and that's classic Hogan. Yeah, it was, I mean, this is great. Like, you know, you know, watching him, I seen him, be, you know, getting bloodied up, and for him to come back and 
get his revenge. I tell you what, man, this was an emotional roller coaster for me as a kid because I had no idea what this was. I thought this was real, you know. I didn't even know who Hulk Hogan was, to, to, to be honest with you. I just saw this big dude getting killed, you know, and then come back and there return the favor. And I was, I mean, I was off and running with Hogan ever since. So this is 1984. You, you bought in completely into Hogan. Yes. Where was your mind at when you started to see the likes of a Ric Flair? A Dusty Rose, perhaps. But was Hogan always the top of the top for you then? Absolutely, and still is to this day. Um, yes, those guys were great and they were entertaining. Ric Flair, oh my God, very entertaining. And we'll get to that. We'll, we'll, yeah. yeah, but you know, this match here is what did it for me and Hogan. Every, I mean, because I mean, a five-year-old, I mean, imagine watching this and you're thinking this is real and the anxiety, the trauma that I, what I went through. Like, to this day, like... If Hogan was still active, it bothered me to, to see him bleed, to see him blade himself because it always brought me back to that, that feeling of him getting killed. And I don't care who it was, could be bleeding like a stub pig. But if it was Hogan, it, it got to me. And to this day, 44 years old, it touched you to the, Hogan it, it bleeds, you to the core. it bothers me. Hogan bleeds, you bleed. Me. Yeah, it bothers me. That, that I mean, again, I, I, I've never... Got to hear that side of you, that version of, of of your fandom for Hogan, and it's a it's a beautiful thing to hear. That's how it started, you know. And it's same because the, the way Hogan bleeding for you, you know, it just shocked you to the core, right? Absolutely. Now, mind you, at five years old watching this, like you can go back and see this match now, and you were like, "Wow," you know. Like, can you imagine a five year old seeing this? Like, you know, and then just to add that extra effect of putting the blue box to censor it out, like. It must have been really... I mean, it was that bad that they had to do that? Yeah. Like, yeah, so, I mean, that's probably why I have so much anxiety today, to be honest with you. Look at Hogan breaking the count outside <laughs> the ring. Yeah, and, uh, you know, credit goes to Dave Schultz, because this guy here, he, you know, people talk about Steve Austin. Well, what? This, this was Steve Austin. He was a tough SOB. Yeah, this is where Steve Austin comes from. What? You unreal? You know, yeah, exactly. You know, Hulk Hogan got his gimmick from superstar Billy Graham. You can see where that inspiration came from. Stone Cold Steve Austin uh, came from David Schultz right here because this guy, he was, I mean, Dr. Death. And he kind of got he kind of got screwed there because uh, he was ordered to smack around John Stossel when that whole thing went down with ABC News. You know, he the report on the whole. Right. You know, mm -hmm. he was coming out saying, oh, wrestling's fake and this and that. Well, Vinnie Mac told him, hey. Rough this guy up. Show him what's up. Protect the craft. Let him know what it is. Right. And he did that. And then he ended up getting sued. And, you know, I mean, McMahon covered him. But that was pretty much the end of his career there. Terrific. What? Is that all you got? Well, I asked you the standard question. You know? Standard question. I think this is fake. You think it's fake? What's that? Is that fake? Huh? What the hell's wrong with you? That's open hand slap, huh? You think it's fake? You talk This is 84. How over was Hogan at this time? I don't even think he reached his pinnacle because, mind you, this is before WrestleMania 1. WrestleMania 1 was about a year away yet. You know, 85 was when he, even when he teamed up with Mr. T. So the big boom hasn't even started yet. You know, this is Hulkamania in his infancy. You know, 84, he won the title in 84. So he, you know, might have not even been champion of the world for six months. We're going to touch on this guy a little later, but Bruno had a run at Madison Square Garden for a good 10 years 
I mean straight, where he was the guy at Madison Square Garden. How close was Hogan to not per se selling out MSG, but just that status of eight, nine, ten years where it was just him? Yeah, um, Bruno, yeah, right. He was, okay, like back in the territory days, from what I was told and doing my research, the WWWF Mm -hmm. owned by Vince Sr., that was, you know, the New York territory. And pretty much, like, if you were in the Southern you know territories or if you're out in the west you know if you wanted to make it to new york because that was where you were going to get paid the most you know so bruno san martino was the man in the wwf territory the new york territory but the thing is with you know when you if you want to compare bruno with hogan you know hogan was the man all over i was going to say you're, you're, you're comparing the east versus the world right at that point and and we're going to touch on that we're going to touch on that a little later from now um I was watching the interview earlier today with, with Vince and Pat McAfee, and they brought up The Undertaker. Vince is going to induct him into the Hall of Fame, which I think that's... Oh, wow. Vince that, McMahon is? Yes. Wow. Yeah, Vince is going to induct him. And, I mean, he got a little teary-eyed as he, as he was saying it. Undertaker obviously being one of the, lo- if not the most loyal person he's had in the locker room. Where do you think loyalty ranks between Vince and Hogan? Oh, that was a love-hate relationship there. You know, um, you know Hogan, he's a businessman, you know. He's going to go where the money's at. And at one time... And Vince's business himself. Exactly. So, you know... It's all about the money. Um, Hogan wanted to get into the movie scene. He wanted to get into the movie business and make movies. So, in 93, that's when he left, you know, the WWF... The steroid trial was going on, you know. There was, you know, there was a there was a spotlight on him and Vince, and it wasn't very a positive one. So Hogan, you know, got out, tried to make a couple movies, do his thing in Hollywood. I mean, blockbuster hits too. Yeah, yeah, yeah. <laughs> Quotation we, marks. We can name them all. <laughs> Quotation marks there with the, you know, Mister Nanny and Suburban Commando. Um, but uh, you know, his contract with Vince, you know, he didn't have a contract with Vince. So, you know, that upstart from, you know, Bischoff. Yeah. I mean, if you're going to start a business, you know, who, who, you know, he took over the NWA, WCW. Yeah. And made it into a powerhouse. And he did that with the help of Hulk Hogan. And that set that rivalry there with, you know, between Hulk and, yeah. and um, Vince. I want to touch on that more. And that's an episode I want to get to with you and Cousin Chuck. The WCW versus wwe wwf wars right yeah I, I, that's you know because you were you were you were all hogan so yeah you know and that's um, the nwo era was i mean that that was it for you absolutely because at that same time you had stone cold steve austin in his prime and you had the rock hitting his prime well on the on the flip side of it on the personal end for you yeah, exactly. On the flip side of that, you have Hulk Hogan who reinvented himself and, and was coming through another renaissance of, of his career. You know, he in the 80s and, and early 90s, he was the greatest babyface. And now he transcended the heel character of the business. And he became probably the number one heel of all time the way he was. So, yeah, like that's one thing that I, I don't think people realize. Like, yo, he, he reinvented himself and had another renaissance like who has done that? Absolutely. 
I, I, I agree with you. I mean, uh, Undertaker's had his phase where he was, you know, uh, the, the biker and all that. I mean, but not really, truly like like he, this guy was Hollywood Hogan. Right. No, 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 Hulk. Hollywood Hogan. You and know, when you when you think of characters, you he's both characters. You can put both in the Hall of Fame, right? Why can't you put Hulkamania Hogan? Why can't you put Hollywood Hogan in the Hall of Fame, right? Um, like, like to appreciate Hulk Hogan was to be a an, an NWO Hollywood Hogan fan because he oversold, he overreacted. You know, I just it just renewed my love for the wrestler, his character, and what he you know what he brought to the business. And watching Hollywood Hogan was bringing that childhood out of me again because I was seeing something new and it was so hot and fresh and just you know they had that sentimental value of wow you know this is my favorite wrestler doing it all over again yeah i mean at the time when wrestling was at its peak you know when you had 10 million people every monday night watching wrestling locked in yeah locked in and we can talk about different eras and all and you know different territories and such wcw whatever and I ask everyone that's on the podcast this question when it comes to wrestling. Who's your Mount Rushmore, man? <laughs> and we may have a couple in tonight's Wrestle, wrestle Madness, right. but give me your Mount, your Mount Rushmore. You're four. Wow. Um, well, I think one that people often look over, I mean, you really have to put Vince McMahon Jr. on that Mount Rushmore because... And at not many end, people would. Yeah, exactly. Because at the end of the day, you forget this is this is a show. This isn't a real sport. It's sports entertainment. It's a show. And Miss McMahon was the head of that show. And without somebody's vision, without somebody directing the show, you know, you, you only go as far as the director. You know, a movie is only as good as its director. You know, and a movie is only as good as the script. And all all the credit in the world goes to him. So he would be right up there with. You know, with Hogan, of course, I would definitely put Hulk Hogan up there because he transcended the sport, brought people in, was the first wrestler to go world famous. You know, was the first wrestler and maybe the only wrestler yet to grace the cover of Sports Illustrated. Yeah. I mean, that's just, you know, the crossover that he had with the rock and roll scene during the, you know, the 80s with the first WrestleMania. And he was a showman himself. Absolutely. You know, I mean, he, 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 played, he, plays, he plays the instruments. Yes. You know, he's a, he's a showman himself. Absolutely. So he knows when you say Hogan sells, not not just box office. Right. You know, Hogan Hogan knows how to sell, man. Mm-hmm. And, and that's one thing I'll always give him. He always can sell to the crowd. He can always sell in the ring. That that that's one thing I would give him. You know, people give him uh, you know, he doesn't know a wrist lock from a wrist watch. You know, I don't <laughs> care about that. I'm not a professional wrestler. I never once stepped one foot in the ring, so I can't comment on someone's work rate, <laughs> yeah. someone's technical ability. I'm only watching on a fan, and I, you know, as a fan, you you want those highs and you want those lows, you know, because the lows make the highs even better. I agree. So, and another one, uh, obviously Ric Flair. You know, Ric Flair. You know, um, guy is the greatest professional wrestler in my opinion. You know, he's done it all. Uh, the guy can talk. He can wrestle. He he is the greatest wrestler of all time. Now for the fourth one, and this is the one where I think I you know I think most people agree Hogan Flair. Um, you threw Vince in there, which not many people would. Um, but I think after hearing you just you know explain the way you did, I, they they're probably opening up their their eyes and their minds like oh shit maybe 
yeah. maybe Vince should be up there, and or 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 at least he's the guy chiseling, right? You know that the guy's on there. But this fourth one is always the toss up, man. Is, the, is it is it the Rock? Is it Stone Cold? Is it Bruno? Is it this guy, Andre? Undertaker, right. Cena. Yeah, you can I mean, throw but, any one of those guys in there. And I want be, your fourth. I want your fourth. I don't. That's see. That's the thing. I I don't. I'm undecided, just like everybody else. Like, I can. I have pros and cons for each and every one of them. You know. Uh, yeah. Can I put Stone Cold up there? Sure, I can put Stone Cold up there. But remember, Stone Cold was sharing the ring with The Rock, and the same thing with The Rock. He was sharing the ring with Stone Cold. So. You know, it was it wasn't like the whole company was on their back. You know, those guys shared their prime together. Um, you think they cancel each other out? And yeah, I mean, you can go either way there. You know, the Undertaker has always been there, but you know, the Undertaker has been pretty much the same gimmick the whole his whole career. You Longevity know, is man, what is what helps the Undertaker. Right. You know, and it's and it's a great and gimmick. loyalty. We touched right, on that and right. loyalty. And it's probably the greatest gimmick in and you know in all of wrestling. But you know, I mean, there's. Jeez, man, you got... So like undecided. Undecided. Well, you, it's you, good I, that your fourth is undecided because we're going to get to WrestleMania's very, very soon here. And before we get to it, WrestleMania's will be a two-part event. We're going to get into some of the uh, matchups here and we'll go through the first round. But the final four. So I'm curious to see <laughs> who your final four is going to be since you're undecided on that fourth. And the championship will also be part two. And we may even have another special guest for that. But getting into it. The recognized symbol of excellence in sports entertainment. Our first sanctioned match on the card. From Grenoble in the French Alps, weighing 520 pounds, the eight. Wonder of the world, Andre the The following contest is scheduled for one thing. Approaching the ring from Victoria, Texas, weighing 252 pounds, Stone Cold Steve Austin. Andre, number five. Austin, number four. These two guys are standing across the ring. Yeah. Bell rings. Bell rings. Um, obviously, Stone Cold is going to flip off Andre, stick his middle finger right in Andre's face, and Andre, was gonna, he'll no-sell it. He's not going to do, do no reaction. He'll just look down, stare down Austin. Andre didn't sell for everybody. Mm-hmm. And... Andre also took things very personal back then. So how do you, for Austin to fucking flip him off, double <laughs> birds, right in his face? Because he knew that's what would sell. He would get the cans thrown in the ring and all that. How would Andre treat that personally? Would, would he say, all right, this is, this is business or oh, yeah, I'm going to be Andre and, and show you? No, he, it would be business all the way because, you know, if Andre didn't like you, it was, that was backstage, you know? And then he wouldn't. He wouldn't put. He wouldn't do the job. He wouldn't put you over. But um, I think it would be an entertaining match, especially leading up to it. You know all the promos. You know I can imagine Stone Cold calling him. 
you know, a every giant name piece in the book. of you know yeah, what. Yeah, exactly, you know, and Andre no selling it. Um, I, the way I, heels were treated back then, though, how do you think? Because it, 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 in when Olsen became Stone Cold, I think that's when like heels were. Oh, it's okay to love the bad to like the bad guy. Yeah, right. So I don't know if if was Austin ever a heel at all. So how how would he do back in that that era? We knew we know what Andre would be. Yeah, he is who he is. But for Austin to be a heel the way he is back then, do you think the crowd would <laughs> would, would would buy into it, or yeah. they like this guy's fucking bad shit? Especially beating up on or antagonizing Andre, you know. Somebody that was, you know, he was a quiet, humble giant. And, you know, he would, I'm pretty sure Austin would do, would get heat on Andre. And I think uh, Austin would go over. We know this for a fact. Andre does not like snakes, let alone a rattlesnake. (laughs) (laughs) There you go. Perfect. So we got Austin going over Andre the Giant. Austin moving on. Here we go. Match number Two. Two. Is that who we think it is? It's Batman! There's only one! I think it's John Michaelana! Look at that! Unbelievable! What a ride! From Pittsburgh, Pennsylvania, he weighs 250 pounds former Worldwide Wrestling Federation champion, Bruno Sammartino. We got number six, Shawn Michaels, versus number three, Bruno Sammartino, in a best out of threes fall match. I never really seen too much of Bruno to know what he can do inside the ring. And I know back then late 60s 70s it was a lot of holds yeah wrestling they, it was wrestling if you will <laughs> you know bruno was pretty much you know fifth you know he'll fight you fisticuff grab you put you in an arm bar he'll rough you, know? you up right exactly you know he'll he, work you he wasn't gonna you weren't gonna get a drop kick from bruno Martino. you know you weren't gonna have him jump off the top rope and give you a one of those huda camaradas or whatever the hell they do today you know yeah. today <laughs> um you know um San Martino was gonna, you know, he was gonna fight you, man, and the people loved that because he was in a, he was, you know, an Italian, a hardworking Italian, and you know who got his hands dirty, and you know that was my grandfather's favorite wrestler. So, yeah, yeah. Shawn Michaels for me, I mean, on the mic, I don't think Shawn was, Shawn was okay on the mic. He wasn't ever great, and I think that's why Triple H. Did most of the talking when it came to the DX era and all that. So I don't think Shawn was ever great on the mic. If you think about Shawn Michaels, he was always with somebody. Okay, he started out with Marty Jannetty. Then when he went solo, who was he with? He was with Big Daddy Cool Diesel. And then he ended up with Triple H. Don't forget Psycho Sid as well. Yeah, you know, he, he, he always had somebody there. You know, it just seems like... I don't know if, if he could. I mean, I'm, obviously he could have done it himself as a character, but he just had. He always had somebody there with him. You know, somebody to get the rob off. Or we're watching a little bit of Bruno now, and it's pretty much what we said, right? Uh, very. And it, it's not like this. This isn't very Dean Malenko esque. You know what I mean? <laughs> At least Dean, he'll put you in a hold. 
five, ten seconds, and then he's flipping you. He's throwing you off the ropes, you know. Uh, Dimalinko, I, I believe, considered a cruiserweight himself. So, the man of a thousand moves, and Jericho is known as the man of a thousand and four. Four, yeah, or something <laughs> so, like that, yeah. But, I, I mean, see, this is the a best out of three falls match. I, I can see Bruno getting one for, for, for just pure wrestling and him being able to hold Sean down and yeah. maybe get a... Uh, you know, a uh, schoolboy count fall. I, I I could definitely see San Martino roughing up Sean and easily beating him here. But could he go with Sean for thirty minutes? No, that I don't think so. No, I, I don't. No, style wise, no. Sean Sean has said before I'd run circles around you, right? <laughs> and I think, you know, with all due respect to Bruno, who, who's one of the pioneers in the in wrestling, I would you put Sean over? Over Bruno San Martino? I, number six over number three? Jeez, man. And I put Bruno at number three because because of the history of wrestling. Dude, you're selling out Madison Square Garden eight, nine years straight. As as the champion. As a champion. Yeah. And again, territorial. But that that's hard to do, man. And, and I don't think it's ever been done since Bruno. So I, I, that's why I put him at number three personally because of the history. I'm a Sean guy. All yeah, the way. yeah, yeah. Like you know, so I, I, again, are we going to be biased here or I what? Mean, but I'm a Sean guy. You can flip a coin on any of these matches, and it can go either way. I mean, there's an argument for both. There's an argument for Shawn Michaels being, you know, Mr. WrestleMania. You know, how are you going to beat Mr. WrestleMania? You know, so it just depends. Like, would Bruno sell that the super kick? Absolutely. Sean will make him sell it one way or another. Oh, no, I mean, you know, they're businessmen, you know, of course, you know, like that would make his comeback better. So um, in my opinion, as a fan, I, I, I'm going to go with Bruno. Taking Bruno. I'm going to go with Bruno two out of three. Cousin Chuck isn't going to like that. Um, you guys can have that conversation down the road. Cousin Chuck, is he, is he a big Shawn Michaels guy? He says if Shawn Michaels doesn't win this tournament, hell's going to be raised. Wow. That's interesting. I would like to hear his take on this. Moving along here. Match number three. And here we go. Things are heating up here. Russell Madness coming down the aisle for our third match of the night. Right before her very eyes. The following contest is scheduled for one fall. Making his way to the ring from Charlotte, North Carolina. Weighing in at 245 pounds. The Nature Boy, Rick Flair. Number seven, The Rock versus number two, Ric Flair in an Iron Man match. One hour. And Rick can go all night. <laughs> the uh, Rick Flair can go all night, rock hard, if you know what I'm saying. <laughs> so, um, to me, it's a no-brainer, Rick Flair. Just like that. Just like that. Just like that. Nope. Yeah, I mean, you. Yeah. I uh, Rick Flair absolutely in, in a one-hour man match, he would get killed by the Rock in this match. 
but I could see him cheating and going over somehow. I can see Arn Anderson, Barry Windham, maybe even Tolly come down and hit the rock while the referee's distracted, and the Nature Boy goes over. He ain't going over clean. It, he's going over. It's funny you say that because if, if you think about it. Has Rick ever gone over <laughs> clean ever? You know, I, if you hear him on his podcast, he'll tell you he's only won 16 matches and yeah. lost every other one. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> so he might have went clean half those world championship reigns. So I don't know. But how about on a stick? On the mic? On the promos? I mean, would you really put Rick over the rock? The rock, you know, the rock cuts some. Some heavy promos, man. Yeah, but that's what I mean. Ric Flair is known for his promos. If you ask me, like I could watch an hour of Ric Flair's promos over Ric Flair wrestle anytime. Could you? Could you agree with me on that? I, I, I've heard similar, I, I, and, and I'll play a little devil's advocate. Not that I'm. Not that I, I, I'm. I mean, I, I love. I like The Rock. You know, don't get me wrong. But you heard, you know. Cena has his five moves of death. Flair kind of has his five lines that he likes to throw in. And we all know them, right? And there are more than five. But The Rock always came up something good, something on the spot. Um, and this was in an era where things could be said very, you know, very out of context. They, they, they could have been taken. Yeah. But I'm going to push back on you real quick on that. Absolutely. Ric Flair didn't have to write his promo on his arms like The Rock did. So if you can come back at me about that, you know, I'll gladly listen. But Ric Flair never had to write his promo on his arm. Ask John Cena that. Touche. Very true. What a first round it's been so far. Tito, you're taking Ric Flair, number two, over The Rock, one-hour Ironman match. Let's recap real quick where we stand. You took... Number four, Stone Cold Steve Olsen over number five, Andre. Number three, Bruno San Martino over Shawn Michaels. And number two, Ric Flair over The Rock. Yeah, that's my opinion on that. And I, I think we... It looks like we got your four. I mean, you can go either way with... I, I mean, you can go either way with... You almost like... You, you could have went either way with Shawn and Bruno. You yeah. touched on that. Um, Andre and Stone Cold, eh. You know, a little back and forth here. Some would go back and forth with you on The Rock and Ric Flair. And I know I know Tone, <laughs> Tone would definitely go back and forth with you about The Rock. And, that, I mean, that being his guy. But are you ready for the main event? No, I said, are you ready?
Macho versus Hogan. Break it down. Yeah, um, right away I think of WrestleMania five and that whole year buildup that led to that. Um, the year before WrestleMania four, Randy Savage wins the title in the tournament, and he got the huge rub from Hogan. You know, Hogan. Uh, if you remember that match, he what did he do? Did he take a chair and hit yeah. uh, DiBiase? <laughs> DiBiase in the back. So right, you know, right there, you know, Hogan was there, and then you had the Mega Powers, and the Mega Powers explode and. And what a time. I mean, for you, for, for, for getting into Hogan in 84 and then getting to that point where Hogan was so over, Macho just about getting very over, very close to, to, to Hogan. I mean, th- those two guys, and when you say there was heat, there, there's real heat there between to- those two guys. So what do you think the, the, the atmosphere would be with all on the line? Oh, God. Yeah. Uh, you know, they didn't call him Savage for nothing because that guy was, I mean, he was crazy. Randy Savage, he needed Hulk Hogan. He needed Hogan's rub because uh, he was Intercontinental Champion at the time. But he just wasn't there, you know. He, I don't, if you could have gave Randy Savage the title without Hogan being there, without the Hogan rub, and I don't think Savage would have made it. I think Vince would have took the belt, you know, took the belt off of him and gave it back to Hogan, like he ended up doing anyway. So, um, I think the only reason why Vince gave Savage that run was because Hogan went off to do no holds barred. But Savage also was one of the longest reigning champions when given that run. Um, so I, I, I don't, I agree with you in the sense of I don't think Macho could carry the way Hogan carried, the way Austin would carry, the way, for a time, Shawn Michaels carried, Bruno carried. Um, I agree with you in that sense. In the ring, I mean, we're watching a little bit of it now. Macho would give it to Hogan, man. Yeah. Because because since there was heat there, but one thing I'll always give Macho is he always did business. Did that hold him back a little bit as well from, from really give, giving it to, to Hogan? I mean, because he was such a personal guy, he took everything personal. <laughs> you know, you look at Miss Elizabeth, and, and and he cut a promo on the spot right there. Yeah, I mean, I don't think they were on bad terms right here. I think they were, you know, they were still okay. You know, they knew they had to go out there. They knew they were going to draw some money, and that's how they they you know they saw it. It wasn't until much later where it got ugly between them, and I think a lot of it came from Savage though, because um, you know the whole divorce thing and. You know, Hogan's ex-wife, Linda, getting involved. and yeah. It just seemed like Hogan was at the wrong place at the wrong time with Savage. Yeah. Oh, my God. He just slapped. He just slapped Buster Douglas. Just slapped Macho Buster just slapped Buster <laughs> Douglas. Oh, my God. I just happened to see that. Well, Buster Douglas is going to squ- square up here. <laughs> Look at Macho. Macho's on the ropes, laying back. Is he going to do it? Is he going to? Hogan's cheering on Buster. Here we go. How good can Macho work the crowd? Oh, God. Like and again, and that's why, and those are one of the one of the things that that I want to touch on when we talk these matches. Not just you know your your personal favorite. I want like who can sell the crowd? Yeah. Who can get you know you you put Bruno over Sean, and I guarantee you, maybe seventy five, eighty percent of people would not do that. Okay, right. You might be right, but if we go, uh, I mean, yeah. But you know, so those are one I, of the things I want to touch on. It, it, it's it's everything. <laughs> Right, so 
I've seen, you know, videotape of Bruno, you know, getting his butt kicked the whole match. And all of a sudden, bring this, you know, his, his hot-blooded Italian temper, get, you know, come back out and over. And, you know, that garden's going crazy. Yeah. So, I mean, it really is like fantasy booking here because, we, you know, these guys were, you know, at their peak in their heyday. It's, it's really hard to, I mean, we're doing apples and oranges. Yeah. Is there but it's any, fun though. This is fun. Is, is there anybody on this on this bracket that that you would have liked to have seen, or would these be the eight that you would come think of for, first to mind? Well, I mean, I think off the bat we can name maybe four or five. You got the cream of the crop, honestly. I mean, yeah, you could interchange them, but you know, you got the biggest, you know, the money draws biggest money makers you know if you were a promoter and you had this lineup how could you screw that up that's money all the way yeah you're, you know I mean, that's selling out msg you're going to the bank every night we have our final four set we have number one hawk hogan going against number four stone cold steve austin number three bruno san martino Versus number two, Ric Flair. <laughs> uh, quick thoughts on, on... We won't get into the details yet, but quick thoughts on, on Bruno versus Rick. You know, that's actually a match I would have liked to have seen. That one... I can see... <laughs> I can see Ric Flair flipping and flopping for Bruno there. I think... Um, I, I think you want notoriety for wrestling. That match might have done it. Yeah, because... I mean, Wow. Bruno, I mean, just the build-up. Yep, you can see Ric Flair taking cheap shots and doing yep. sneak attacks. And, and, like and, just, and we won't, we won't put, it, we won't give away who, who who you'll put over, right? You know, because that that's that's a question I want to mm-hmm. ask when, when we get to that. Um, and then we're gonna have you Austin, know who, Austin and Hogan. But go ahead. But you know who Bruno San Martino reminds me of? He reminds me of like that that pizza owner in like Brooklyn, New York, who all he does is. Make pizzas, right. He's in the back flipping. Right. But if one of these smart Alex come in here and try to, you know, pull some shit with him, <laughs> yeah. excuse me, but yeah. yo, he was gonna he was gonna set him straight. Good fella style. Yeah, man. I mean this that's what Bruno reminds me of. Like he, he the guy was a straight up like Italian like, badass, man. Yeah, yeah. And he I mean, he was coming from Pittsburgh, he he was a weightlifter. He was considered the strongest man at one point. You know, I forgot what he, what the record was that he bench pressed, and it might have been over five hundred. Um, but he was a solid dude, man. So yeah, those yeah. holes that he will put you in, I saw a clip one time, uh, Greg the Hammer Valentine talking about him, and uh, he said Bruno put him in a hold one time, face down, arm locked behind his back, and Bruno kept him there for about five minutes, <laughs> and. That's not how Valentine liked to work. Right. He thought he was giving him a little business because of uh, Valentine's dad had heat with Bruno back oh, in the yeah, day. Yeah. So, I mean, but, you know, strong dude holding you down. Bruno was a solid guy. And, you know, he, he wasn't fancy, but if he, if, if he connected with the right hand, you know, and, man, you're going down. And if you went down, forget it. He's going to get on top of you, a chokehold. Well, William Regal's uh, not fancy, and he's considered one of the best grapplers there was was this William Regal William Regal yeah you know <laughs> yeah. what I mean I mean he, he same thing be said for Dean Malenko not pretty 
not fancy, and that's what I, that's what I meant by Will and Regal. Not pretty, not fancy, but effective. You know, like you said earlier in the, in, in the episode, wrestling. This was, you know, wrestling's wrestling, and um, I would not want to fight Bruno San Martino. Let's just say that. No, the guys. I would not want to fight him. The guy's a living legend for a reason. Yeah. You know, Hogan and Austin. Hogan and Austin is more. I'll, I'll even give you this. Do you want to make it Hulkamania, Hogan, or do you want to go Hollywood Hogan <laughs> versus Stone Cold Steve Austin? Wow. Both different characters. And that, that's why I asked, because who, who do you think would, would give it right back to Austin more? Hollywood Hogan, for sure. If you want to make me laugh and you want to make people laugh, you're going to have a Hollywood Hogan getting in a verbal battle on the mic with Stone Cold Steve Austin. If you want to sell your main Jeez. event. That is gold. That is wrestling gold there because I don't know about you, but OK, so all right, I grew up on Hogan. So Hogan was clean. You know, he would never say ass on the mic. Yeah. But to me, I always got I popped big whenever I would hear Hogan say, what you going to do? When Hulkamania kicks your ass. <laughs> so, you know what I mean? If it was anybody else saying that, eh. But the fact that it was Hogan saying that, it used to pop me huge. So I can definitely see him saying that to Stone Cold. And, I'm, you know, and Austin coming back with a few good ones of, him, of his own. So there you go. Hollywood Hogan versus Stone Cold Steve Austin. Part of our final four. Speaking of gold. This podcast, this episode was gold. Cousin Tito, I appreciate you for joining me, man. This was, brother, we did 40 plus minutes of, of solid uh, talk and it was fun. Wow, I appreciate it. And I mean, you're definitely coming back for the final four in the championship. So I hope you guys liked it, Tito. Uh, it was fun. It's just, it's, it's fantasy booking. You know, you have fantasy football. This is fantasy booking. Like, who would you put over it? And I'm pretty sure all you listeners out there have your own opinions. So get at Jason. You know, we want to hear your opinions on this because maybe we left something out. Or maybe there's something that we didn't even take note of or think of. You want to cut a promo on us? <laughs> cut it on us. We're here. We'll take it. We're going to give it right back, though. And remember, what you're going to do when the sports grocery goes wild on you.